God's word, Psalm 146. Psalm 146. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. I will praise the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God while I have my being. Put not your trust in princes, in a son of man, in whom there is no salvation. When his breath departs, he returns to the earth. On that very day, his plans perish. Blessed is he whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord his God, who made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, who keeps faith forever, who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets the prisoners free. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the sojourners. He upholds the widow and the fatherless. But the way of the wicked he brings to ruin. The Lord will reign forever. Your God, O Zion, to all generations. Praise the Lord. Psalm 146. An elderly man said to Pastor Ironside, a famous pastor from the Chicago area, He said to the pastor, help me, pastor, I want to be assured that I'm saved. I want to be certain of it. I want a definite witness. What you talk about, blessed assurance, I want that. Something that I can't be mistaken about, pastor. So Pastor Ironside replied, suppose you were given a vision of a messenger straight from heaven who told you that your sins were forgiven. Would that be enough for you to rest on, that you'd have that blessed assurance? Well, yes, I think it would, said the man. A direct messenger from heaven, that should be right. Let's do that. Pastor Ironside then said, but suppose you were nearing the end of your life. You were actually dying. And Satan came and said, I was the one who appeared to you as that supposed messenger from heaven in order to deceive you. What would you say then? And the man was speechless. Pastor Ironside then had his attention And told the man that God has given us something more dependable than a direct messenger from heaven. God has given us his son, who died for our sins on the cross, rose again. And he has testified to this in his own word, that when we trust Christ, all our sins are gone. We have the blessed assurance that we belong to God. Pastor Ironside then read just a few verses from the Bible, 1 John 5.13. You may know that you have eternal life. Then he said, this is what we rest on. The promise of our God in writing addressed to us. And God's Spirit used that verse to bring assurance to that man's heart. We are here gathered today to acknowledge the life that God blessed all of us with, Deacon Angel Fuentes, to look to God for ourselves, to exalt Christ, and then to invite others to trust in this same God. Because Mr. Angel Fuentes, Deacon Fuentes, had that kind of certainty. He spent these last 50 years praising God, saying, Alleluia, any language. And that's why you're looking at Psalm 46 with me today. The first word, as I said, is the word Alleluia. There's three words that seems like the whole world in every language understands. One is Amen, another is Alleluia, and the third one, sorry to say, is Coca-Cola. Everybody knows that word. Any language all around the world. We know amen, and we know Coca-Cola. Amen's the end of a prayer, and Coca-Cola is that refreshing drink. But what does alleluia mean? The first half of the word allelu in Hebrew means praise, and the second half of the word in Hebrew, yah, means the Lord. It's the covenant name of God, Yahweh, Jehovah. You sometimes see it translated. So alleluia simply means praise the Lord, and it's excellently translated here. And this psalm begins and ends 
with Alleluia, and that itself should be a lesson to us. We begin our spiritual walk, and we end our spiritual walk saying, praise the Lord. So the writer actually started the psalm by writing the word twice. First time, he's calling on everyone to praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. He's talking to us. He's talking to his audience, whoever's listening, whoever's reading this. Praise the Lord. Let everyone praise the Lord. And he's launching the last five psalms of the Psalter. The Psalter goes out praising God. But the second time he wrote, in Hebrew, you should see it. It says, praise, O my soul, the Lord. He puts his soul right in the middle of the word. Alleluia. Let my soul get up in this and praise this God. He's telling himself. He's already done told all of us that we're supposed to praise God. But now he's turning around to himself and saying, I need to praise God. He's calling on his own self to praise God. He didn't write, praise the Lord, O my voice in the church. He didn't just want to be on the outside looked at as somebody who has the reputation for praising the Lord. No, he says, praise the Lord, O my soul. He's telling himself on the inside with genuineness, am I the real deal? I want my soul to be praising him. I want to be genuine and thanking God for his blessings. I want to do so for real with all of my personal energy. Tell my soul to wake up and get in these words is what he's saying to himself. And that's how he launches a psalm. Verse 2, he says, I will praise the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God while I have my being. The psalmist is committed that to his very last breath, his breath will be used to bring praise to this God. How does he get there? How does he get that intense? How does he get that interested? This was Angel. How did Angel get there? I would love to tell you that story. Pastor told him this here. He's told me this story a couple dozen times. I think it's his favorite story. About 50 years ago, not to um, timestamp anybody, but it's about 50 years ago, Angel was attending a Bible study in the very home where Angel and Kathy have lived ever since as a couple married there all these years. Angel and Kathy were not yet married when this happened, but they were interested in each other. And that home belonged to the extended family, so it was a place for this Bible study. And Angel and Kathy were attending. Pastor Neil Tolsma had been asked to come and present a Bible lesson. And there were so many people coming, there were rows of chairs set up in the front room, in the, in the living room. The angel was sitting in the very back. Pastor Tolsma didn't know whether Angel would be interested. He didn't know who would be interested. Kathy didn't know whether Angel would be interested. And everyone is expecting maybe people in that eager bench, you know, the front row, would be interested. Maybe people in the second row would be interested. Well, the presentation went, and it came to a conclusion, and Pastor Tolsma questioned everybody there. Is there anyone who's interested in placing your faith in this Lord Jesus Christ. First row sat still, no indication. Second row sat still, no indication. Then from the very back, a hand went up. And much to Kathy's surprise, perhaps delight, it was Angel's hand. And then there was a voice, and it was Angel's voice. And he says, that's for me. Literally, I quote you. That's for me, is what he said. You asked Pastor Tolls, but you asked Kathy. Got their permission to tell this story today. And Angel was ready right then and there to begin his lifelong service of praising the Lord. He put it in Hebrew, he would say, Alleluia. He's ready. And one thing you should know, many of you know this probably better than I do, uh, what you should remember about Angel is what he said he meant, and he meant what he said. 
If he said that's for me, 50 years later, that's still true. He did place his faith in the Lord Jesus Christ alone for his salvation from that day until his last day, June 23, 2022, when he went down for a nap. Angel was still praising the Lord. And he praised the Lord, as our psalm says, as long as he lived, as long as he had his being. Verse 3 seems to take a sharp turn and warns us not to put our spiritual trust in governments. But those who are praising the Lord see concerns with this world. What are we going to do with that? An angel knew better than to put his trust in mayors, governors, congressmen, or presidents. The problem is they're all human, human beings. They can't help, truly. They can't save your soul. So verses 3 and 4, Put not your trust in princes and a son of man in whom there's no salvation. When his breath departs, he returns to the earth on that very day. His plans perish. He's talking about human leaders who want us to follow them. And in comparison to the Lord our God, all human leaders are not worthy of such confidence. So where are we supposed to turn? Verse 5, it's the beatitude. It's a blessed are. It's the only one in this psalm. Blessed is he whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is the Lord his God, who made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, who keeps faith forever, who executes justice for the oppressed, gives food to the hungry. Verses 5 and 6. And verse 7, the Lord our God is our only hope. He's our only help. God alone can rescue us from the mess that we've made of our own lives, the mess that all the other sinners have made of this world and from dangers and tragedies. God alone is our hope to be rescued from our own sins through the work of Jesus Christ on the cross and then his being raised from the dead. Not only does our God save us by Christ crucified, but then he also remains faithful to us after he has saved us. He keeps us going because he upholds us People always have the wrong view of Christianity, that it's something I have to hold up, I've got to dress a certain way, I've got to stand when they stand and sit when they sit and sing when they sing and all these things I've got to do Monday to Friday and all these outside things I have to do, you're adding to my burden to be a Christian. That's not it at all. Where do you get that from? It's not in the Bible. The Bible says Christianity is Jesus holds me up. He holds us up. We have everything we need from him. That's what these verses are talking about. Blessed is he whose help is the God of Jacob. Blessed is he whose hope is the Lord his God. The Bible doesn't teach a religion that you better get your own act together. The Bible has a religion that no matter how big the mess is you've made, God has blessings for you yet. We are held up for the good life. Faithful people remain faithful because God is faithful to us. That's where the praise comes from. The Lord remains faithful forever, verse 6 says. Angel knew this. Angel knew that we turn to the Lord our God for our help and for our hope because he's the creator of everything. The creator of the sky, the land, the sea, and all that is in them. In these verses, references, of course, all the way back to the first chapter of the Bible, Genesis 1 and the ensuing story of how the creation happened. First, God made the sky and the land and the sea, and then he made the creatures to fill all three. Birds in the sky, animals in the wand of the land, and fish to inhabit the sea. And the person who keeps faith in this God, the creator God, who has all that power and is our redeemer, that's a God worthy of singing praise to. Blessed are those who, blessed is he who. Angel was blessed. He's the kind of person who kept the main thing the main thing. Angel, as I observe him, was a man who did not get distracted. He knew what was important and he kept what's important important. 
I'll give you an example. He was a deacon, one of the deacons in our church. And it was a privilege to me and a privilege to all of our deacons to work with him on the deacon board here, which is a group that helps people in need. Perfect place for Angel. And in our meetings, Angel was always reminding us that the reason God set up the office of deacon, the reason why we have a deacon fund with money in it, is to help people who are truly hurting. And deacons of God are supposed to have hearts like God's heart, always looking out for helpless people, abused people, giving food to the hungry, as our verse says. Angel was generous to needs. But the other thing you need to remember about Angel is he refused to fall for a scam. He had street smarts like rare people have. He knew when someone was lying. He knew when they're trying to get the wool over the eyes of the entire deacon board, not Angel. But behind that tough exterior, Angel had a big heart and remained always concerned for the ones who are truly hurting and would not let us miss them. In these ways, Angel's heart had become like the heart of the Lord Jesus Christ, whom Angel admired. He could not always reach someone. A big heart, but couldn't always help. You know how you can't reach certain people? They either don't want to be reached, or their problems are too big. We're just finite persons, aren't we? But he cared about them, and he would always point people to the Lord his God, knowing that the Lord his God can reach them, the Lord his God can help. So he points them to the Lord for safekeeping. At the center of this psalm is a statement that the Lord keeps faith forever, verse 6. It says to us, God is faithful, that we can trust God at all times, even times like today. Now we don't have angel here. We can trust God in this day too. Don't put your trust in me. Deacon Fuentes would say, put your trust and hope in the Lord God. Just like the psalm says, God always helps us through. And we praise the Lord our God. No matter how messed up the world gets, we can still praise the Lord our God because he cares for his people. Listen to all the things the Lord our God does for his people. Verse 7, the Lord sets the prisoners free. The Lord opens the blinds of the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. These are referring to spiritual truths. Prisoners were set free, referring to all that time when God's people had come under judgment and went into exile as prisoners of war in a foreign land, but then were released and were brought back home to the homeland. Blindness. Blindness is, of course, referring here to the worst sort of blindness. Blindness to the truth of God's word. Bow down means under the weight and guilt of personal failure or other people's abuse, Weighed down, carrying the burdens, can barely stand up straight. God helps everyone who's struggling with anything, and all, especially sin. God forgives, but how? The psalm is fulfilled in the works and words of the Lord Jesus Christ. Like we read in John 3, 17, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. And this truth is seen, for example, in Luke chapter 13, where there's a woman with a disabling spirit for 18 years. What this means is she had a demon who kept her bent over. She couldn't even stand up straight for 18 years. Jesus straight up healed her, and she stood straight up. Why are we told that story? It's a fulfillment of Psalm 146, and it's a picture of salvation. Again, in Mark 8, which our church will study tomorrow evening, there was a blind man, but then Jesus worked a literal miracle of healing him from his blindness. God helps people struggling with sin is the clear lesson, but how? 
by taking people who are bent over under the weight of their own wrongs or blind to spiritual truth or kept in the dark by evil and setting them free or giving them sight or upholding them. Whatever the metaphor, all these, all these metaphors point to the same lesson that we praise the Lord because he saves us. Verse 9 of our psalm tells of the Lord watching over foreigners and upholding widows and the fatherless. The passing of angel means we now have a new widow and a person fatherless. Angel would point us all to the Lord our God. He's always ready to give help to people who have no husband, have no dad, have no grandpa, have no helper, have no friend, have no protector at all. People who have a whole lot less than all of you here have. Have this Lord our God. And he's enough. Angel found the way and he pointed all of us to Christ. Christ is the helper of those who have no other helper. But what we love about our God, as I mentioned about angel, is where he gets it from, is that the Lord our God's offer is not given to the wicked. Instead, verse 9 tells us God will overturn the plans of the wicked. God also has street smarts, if you put it that way. We have to admit today that our lives have been disturbed and disrupted by the loss of Angel Fuentes. That's why we're here. The last verse of our psalm, verse 10, helps to comfort us in that by reminding us that nothing will be ever be able to disturb or disrupt the reign of the Lord our God. To all generations, we are told, the Lord God offers himself as a protector to people who will turn to him in faith. That's why the psalmist ended the psalm the same way that Angel ended his life, still praising the Lord. God is the king over all the world, we are told in this verse. He'll reign forever. Your God to all generations, we're told. He is the king over the mighty Zion, the city of heaven. He's reigning and ruling over all the nations, right down to our very selves. And the same God is also building a kingdom within this world. We're invited to enter that kingdom of God and to join angel in praising the Lord God of Zion as long as we live, while we have breath, and then we pass over and join angel and everyone else to praise God forever. Think of it, every deacon meeting began and ended with prayer. Every worship service began and ended in prayer. Every Christian's life begins and ends praising the Lord our God. Angel understood what's in between the prayers. He understood what's in between the hallelujahs. The first time when he raised his hand and said, in a way, hallelujah, that's for me. And at the last moment when he laid down for the last time, the hallelujah there, he's still my God though I pass in my sleep. He understood what's in between them. He understood what life is all about, that it's the Lord our God. He gives us salvation, so we have that blessed assurance. Life is all about praising God, to tell people what a great God we have, or as the catechism puts it, Angel and Kathy taught people in my own family, uh, going through in the Sunday school days, they would teach them things like this. The catechism says, what is it all about? the chief end of man. What is, the, what is the purpose for life for humans? To glorify God and to enjoy him forever. Listen, I've said a lot of good things about angel, but I, I recognize, and all of you recognize, he, he's a human. He had his own share. Griefs, disappointments, bad moments, shame, sin, doubt, fear, difficulties. We're not here to talk about that. Just to acknowledge by the grace of God, through Jesus Christ, crucified and risen again, all of angels' sins are washed away and all of his struggles are behind him now. 
And all that remains is for him to keep right on praising the God of heaven. And we praise God through all of our difficulties. That is our present. Praise the Lord. That is our future. To keep on praising the Lord. All true searching for God ends up praising him. So if you forget the amen, or if you somehow forget Coca-Cola, remember, alleluia. That angel would echo, we would all echo, Psalm 146, that ends the way it began. Praise the Lord. Praise him as long as you live. Praise him with your last breath. Be absolutely full of praise to God. This is what we know of as blessed assurance. We know. We know that we know that we know. We're certain God is worthy of praise. And we know we're forgiven and we know that we're saved and we know that we'll live forever with God. Please sing with me the hymn, Blessed Assurance, found 